Hello and welcome to another CIO edition of Advice Worth Keeping, the KPMG podcast focused on the latest trends and drivers impacting the future of IT. I'm your host, Steve Bates, and today we'll be discussing the outcomes that digital leaders are employing to outpace their peers. We're fortunate to be joined today by two innovative leaders in this space, Barry Brunsman, who's a partner in KPMG's CIO advisory practice, and Mark Shank, a partner in KPMG's digital lighthouse practice. Gentlemen, welcome to Advice Worth Keeping. The 2019 Harvey Nash KPMG CIO survey, which is the largest IT leadership survey in the world, highlighted that a new model of digital leadership is emerging. And digital leaders, which are about three in 10 of the organizations that we interviewed, are very or extremely effective at using digital technologies to advance their business strategy. And they're outperforming their peers on a whole host of factors. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's start with you, Barry. Tell our listeners about, first of all, what distinguishes a digital leader from the rest of the market. You know, I think the digital leader is the person who is experiencing language we hear, but we don't necessarily experience in all of our client settings. Specifically, that there is really no difference today between a technology strategy and a business strategy. They are the same thing. And not surprisingly, leaders who actually experience those words as part of their day in and day out have a different focus. And they talk about their work in different ways. So we see these leaders as being particularly outward looking. They think carefully not about silos of IT, but of the effective integration of front office, middle office, back office solutions as part of a comprehensive whole. And when they talk about their success, they talk about the success of being able to support new market entry or supporting a new customer segment. Their focus has pivoted on a set of business outcomes. And it's quite obvious when we find ourselves meeting with these types of leaders that they're experiencing life as a technology leader very differently than their peers. We call those companies in KPMG parlance, we call those companies a connected enterprise. Like you said, they're aligned, the front, the middle, and the back office, and they use technology as a means to achieving very, very specific business outcomes. This is a winning business model of the future. Mark, the findings from the CIO survey appear that these digital leaders aren't simply working harder that they've actually latched onto something much more transformational. What do you see that's different here? It's really interesting. For these digital leaders, your traditional IT approach to the business is really culturally unacceptable. What they have really done is they've redeployed the IT function, almost embedded and indistinguishable from the business in a much more product-centric and much more customer-centric whole group that when combined is able to work as one group across traditional silos and be able to deliver the outcomes that the business is looking for. And when you do look at those outcomes, these digital leaders are really outperforming in any measurable metric, top line, bottom line, customer feedback, retention, et cetera. It's really impressive. And I think you said a key point here is this is truly a reimagining of the IT function. And I think another thing that we learned was that these organizations, they're not mistaking incremental change for transformation. They are truly recasting IT in entirely new ways, and it's delivering meaningful impact. 
I think there's five things we're going to talk about today, five critical ways that they're more capable, these digital leaders, than their peers. And those five things are they're simply better at making money. They're more operationally efficient. They're faster at getting to market. They've really let go of centralized control, and they've put customer trust in the middle of their operating model. So I want to explore these topics with you guys today. And let's start with making money. Barry, leaders seem to be adopting new measures of IT performance that are explicitly linked to business value. And it's having a material impact on revenue generation. Can you unpack that a little for us? Often when we work with our client organizations and we spot organizations that we think really are living the digital leader way of working and set of outcomes, one of the most obvious things that we will see is that they've got a well-articulated and well-executed digital strategy. And of course, a digital strategy is not an IT strategy. It's a strategy of how to win in the marketplace by leveraging technology solutions. And that really owning and executing against that strategy, learning from it as we go along, is what a digital leader is all about. It's how we found digital leaders in our survey response. So it's not surprising that when we look at the performance of companies that are living and executing their digital strategy, they just perform better. Their revenue growth numbers are substantially higher. Their profitability is substantially higher. And so it isn't surprising really to say that when we are good at articulating a proper digital strategy and we execute it well, that we win in the marketplace. And that's exactly what the data shows us. And therefore, that becomes the central part of the conversation that technology leaders are having. The way they think about measuring success is not just about traditional IT measures. It's about those business outcomes. That's great insight. Mark, I think one of the things Barry said was when the strategy is fulfilled in the right way, you're generating both more revenue and more inbound cash flow. You're also much more operationally efficient. And that absolutely comes through loud and clear in the data. Digital leaders are much more operationally efficient than their peers. So again, as the question, are these leaders moving beyond being really good at cost-cutting and process improvement initiatives? And if so, what are they doing? So these leaders are inherent to being a digital leader, obviously, is embracing digital technology. So there's really two different stacks of technology that they're embracing to gain these efficiencies. It's not your traditional process optimization or cutting costs and making people figure out how to continue to run the business type approach. And the two real technology stacks and embracing the people and operating model changes that are necessary to make effective uses of those technologies basically fall into the categories of automation and data. On the automation side, you're really looking from an end-to-end total life cycle of technology, how you can automate manual processes, how you can automate things that are mechanically done by people today. These things occur all across our business in different life cycles. I'll give an example of a large bank in a customer-facing portion of their bank. We recently launched a product with them where we were building out the cloud infrastructure. And this is all infrastructure as code. So in the past, these would have been checklist type activities. And the customer said to us that this would have taken dozens of people to operate because of the size and scale of it and the amount of infrastructure that would have had to be maintained. And we're doing it with three people. And we're doing it with three people because of the automation. And at the same customer on the same technology stack, when they released a new build to their retail customers and it failed, 
instead of creating a P1 incident that's all hands and maybe even being in the news that, hey, this bank is down, don't know what's going on, it impacted two customers, not 200, not 2,000, but two. And when it impacted two customers and the automation detected that the build had failed, it automatically rolled it back. And it was a non-incident because of this kind of automation. These are things that are material to organizations. They're highly impactful. Those are the good outcomes. There certainly are challenges in embracing the technology stack and, and all the other things that have to go around it. The other side of this would be on the data side. Everybody's been talking about the value of their data for a long time, so much so that people are starting to get cynical about it that it's not there, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, it's too hard to get to the data. But embracing digital technology and, and roles like data archaeologists, not just data scientists, but really rethinking how you approach your data, you really can start to break down some of the barriers at a different bank right now. Being able to take these legacy systems and just using a modern event streaming platform to understand everything that's going on, but to be able to get that all into one place has been hugely valuable for them and their ability to be able to take a 360 degree look at their customers. And they've been amazed at the speed with which they're able to compare data side by side. And it's really these two stacks that allow you to gain a lot of operational efficiency that is outside of your traditional areas of cost cutting and process improvement. Because you talked about not just being more market competitive and really being more efficient. You also talk the benefits of increased quality, reduced risk, increased speed and time to market. So there is a lot of very tangible, measurable benefits beyond we saved 300 basis points in costs on this. Uh, and digital leaders, I think, really think beyond just those types of dimensions. Barry, we talk a lot in these discussions about moving at market speed, and that means having an operating model that delivers in products and services with the right technology at the right time and in the right way. And digital leaders in our survey seem to get this. What are some of the leading practices that we're seeing about getting to market faster? A lot of what we're experiencing today, the digital revolution, et cetera, was really uh, an awareness about just how vulnerable organizations are, how products and services can be you know, maybe irrelevant overnight as new entrants, new competitors join the mix. And so people came to realize that we need to be able to move quickly, not only in reaction to perhaps a competitive move, but also just need to be able to move quickly to stay on top. And so processes and capabilities have focused on that speed and I think very related way adaptability really uh, gain momentum. So things like Agile and DevOps, which frankly have been around for some time, really gained in relevance and maturity as this move to a market speed concept became very front and center to our client organizations. But I think success has not just meant building out Agile DevOps capabilities. That is clearly a part of success. We saw that in the data as well. More fundamentally, success in this space is about recognizing that it's not just market speed. Most of our client organizations are large, complex, sophisticated organizations that operate, frankly, appropriately at multiple speeds. They serve multiple different products, service offerings, some of which have a nearly instantaneous market speed, some of which have something that moves a bit more slowly, and appropriately so. Success means being able to get the proper processes and capabilities in place at institutional scale so that all of those clock speeds can be supported. That means starting out with the idea of understanding which parts 
of my operating model need to move at which speeds, and how do I provide for that in as efficient a way as possible. That's what it means to have an operating model in the digital space, supporting multiple clock speeds in a way that drives efficiency, ultimately leading you to a point where you achieve institutional scale with those critical skills and capabilities. People recognize that they start the journey differently than people who don't. And starting the journey correctly is the best way to make sure that you're going to actually finish it successfully. And I think part of that is also understanding what products and services in your portfolio benefit from that right clock speed and making sure that you're really looking at the organization through the lens of those products and services, not through the lens of the function. I think market speed is, as you described, it was, is an omni-speed model that's very portfolio-driven. And if you're going to get it right, you have to start understanding what products and services benefit from which kind of speed. Mark, thriving in a digital economy means that leaders are putting technology in the hands of value creators and then giving them the ability to make those decisions quickly. Again, I think this year's survey reveals that digital leaders are really focused on sharing control over technology decisions and then building a culture that supports collaboration. Can you talk a little bit about that? Fundamentally, it's about accepting this idea that the executives don't necessarily have the right answer, that you can't just pick your strategy and run out and take it to market and expect to win. You have to embrace your broader community of talent. You have to enable them with degrees of autonomy. And then you have to look at the data and listen to them in that feedback and that collaborative, dare I say, creative process to come out with a technology solution. It's funny to think, because people don't think about technology this way, but when you really look at how these leaders function, the way that they derive technology solutions looks a lot more like the collaborative process you might see in a purely creative pursuit, almost like music or something like that, rather than the kind of top-down control-oriented process that is previously that everybody worked under in regards to, here's what we're looking to achieve, and here's how we're going to do it, and this is what you need to build, et cetera, et cetera. It's this embrace of that talent. I do think that there's also a shift. It goes along with the ubiquity of the word digital. It's almost to the point where you can just stop saying the word digital. Like digital leaders are actually just leaders. Your digital strategy is really just your strategy. And along with that, your digital talent strategy is really just your talent strategy. Everyone is a technologist to one degree or another. So when you're embracing this holistic look across the team, you're looking at how you upskill the people that have this valuable institution knowledge or market knowledge, how you bring them along on your digital journey, how you bring in the right level of people and ultimately drive that collaboration that is a continuous process. It's not like we collaborate and then we ship. The collaboration never stops. It's product-centric and customer-centric, and it's an ongoing life cycle where you're constantly driving the change and better product going forward. Excellent. So last but not least, Customer trust is at the heart of all the new technology and products and services that are being built out there. And that's regardless if it's serving internal employees or external customers. And digital leaders, we're finding, are nearly twice as likely to be embedding the skills and controls across the technology lifecycle that are required to build what we call intrinsically safe services. So, very practically, how are leaders doing this? The idea of customer trust has evolved and its evolution has accelerated in pace, particularly with digital leaders. 
So if we thought about customer trust, and we might have reduced that to questions of security and even further reduced that to relatively technical types of solutions and skills. And that's certainly still important. But I think digital leaders are finding that in their need to be able to support products and services, rapid move into the marketplace. They've recognized that providing the fundamental capabilities that lead to safe, secure, private products and services requires changing the way contributions like enterprise architecture and security, cyber, et cetera, contribute to the development of those things have had to change. So we've moved from what I would call a compliance-related contribution or a technical contribution to something that's actually far more proactive in understanding how solutions, frameworks, technologies can be prepared in advance of their need to support a secure and private set of products and solutions. And so that evolution, shifting from a set of capabilities that was maybe thinking after the fact, whether or not a product or service was meeting security requirements, to actually providing the frameworks and standards so that as products are being developed, they can be assured of supporting the expectations of consumer trust is a fundamental shift in how those digital leaders are working. And I think what they further learn is that, frankly, I don't think there will be any topic that will more impact the IT operating model than this idea of consumer trust. Certainly in your question, you identified that all employees, business partners, and customers have expectations around the trustworthiness of products and solutions. But it's even more than that. As regulatory regimes continue to evolve, they will drive different ways of working. And digital leaders have to be aware of that, and they have to take stances proactively so that their provision of services isn't somehow impacted by those changes. Nothing is more central to the change of an operating model, the continuing evolution of how we think about customer trust. I think that the survey really highlighted that by putting customer trust at the center of the operating model, that you really see a tangible benefit. And the survey revealed that the digital leaders in this space that are doing that, they're twice as good at identifying and managing key security and privacy issues across all of the technology lifecycle from development through operations. And to your point, they've shifted a lot of these tail end assurance activities like cyber and internal audit. You mentioned regulatory risk management from the end of the value chain right to the very beginning, and they're embedding critical skills along each step of the journey as opposed to having them at the end. By that time, it's too late or the sunk cost is too great. And I think in today's hyper-complex environment, if you're not able to do that, this ability to be agile or to be able to pivot quickly is going to really be dictated by how much risk can you take? How much trust do your customers have in your products and services? So we're seeing that leaders that get that, they're just better at managing, identifying risk, managing security events, privacy issues, and navigating the regulatory environment. So I agree with you. It's at the very center. It's the currency of trade, I think, for, for most organizations. Guys, this has been a great conversation, fascinating discussion about these digital leaders and the information we're learning from this survey. And my closing thought on this is that these leading organizations, they didn't just spontaneously burst into existence. And it took many factors indeed to align and gain leadership from the very top. And the CIO survey this year shows that these digital leader organizations, they were much more likely to have technology leaders as a member of the very top management team, the senior management team, where they are influencers 
and they can be influenced by their peers. And the digital leaders are much more likely to think that their sector is undergoing massive transformation, not just incremental change, but massive transformation. So they're using this as an opportunity to fundamentally review their IT operating model and align it with the business model. And I think that for those digital leaders that are reimagining the IT function, that the next three to five years is going to potentially be the most exciting that they've had in the last several decades. So, guys, again, I'd like to thank you for your insights today. To our listeners, you can learn a lot more about KPMG's point of view on the future of IT at kpmg.com forward slash future dash IT. And I hope you'll join us again for another provocative discussion on the future of IT on advice we're keeping. I'm Steve Bates. Thanks for listening.